And the scripture today comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. And would you please stand um, and join me in the reading of God's word. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves, than ourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed in him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the God the Father. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Due, the deliverance is not being ashamed at all, but just Christ being honored by living in the manner of life, the citizenship of the kingdom of God in this world. And this is the attitude of Christians. But we know how hard it is living with the Christian manner in our daily life. Right? How do you live as citizen of heaven here and now? So in chapter 2, Apostle Paul suggests the example of Christians, the humility of Christ. Apostle Paul said, So if, any, if, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So Apostle Paul explained four aspects of the humility of Christ. So first, encouragement in Christ, I mean, we hear a lot in Paul's letter, in Christ. Actually, Paul says, in Christ is his main theme of his faith. And what does he mean by in Christ? How can we be in Christ? It is letting Christ be the main agent of my life. Not me, but Christ is the main agent of my life. 
And he said, so it is encouraging each other under the rule and authority of Christ. It's not my encouragement, but under the authority and rule of Christ, we encouraging other people. And second, comfort from love. This love, he used the word agape. There are many different words for agape, but in the Bible, usually they use philia. Rarely they use agape because Roman people rarely, almost never use agape. Why then Paul used agape for the Roman citizens? Because he tried to emphasize this love, comfort from love. This love is God's love. God of Israel. They call, in Hebrew, hesed. That's their love. And we know hesed love is covenant love. It's contract love. So, the God's love, we call, they call steadfast love because God's love never change. Even we change. It is interesting that both encouragement, in Greek, paraklesis, and comfort, Paramethion. Share the same prefix para, which means side by side, right beside me, right next to me, para. It's like the Holy Spirit we call paracletus, the same thing. The Holy Spirit being advocate and helper and sustainer for us as Holy Spirit being beside us. So we must encourage other people and comfort other people right beside the person. So let me ask you, who is beside you? Who is right next to you? And so when you're going through a difficult time, when, you, when you're in despair, when you are hopeless, who will be there for you? And will you be beside somebody in need of company? Somebody would encourage and comfort. And third, participation in the Spirit. Again, participation is koinonia. It is fellowship of carrying the burden together, same burden. So it is the holy, sacred burden we all share together, right? We are not here for our individual desire, individual expectation, but because of Christ's expectation, we are here. That's the same one, same sacred burden. That's fellowship.
and we must be in the Holy Spirit. And fourth, affection and sympathy. Maybe because of that, the the Bible translates this word affection as heart. Because affection in Greek, which means internal organ, lung, heart, stomach, affection. Because they believe affection, Christian affection is feeling from deep inside of us. Deep inside of us. Like you, you feel the, if you have a compassion towards somebody, if you have a sympathy for somebody, that feeling is coming from your deep inside of you. You feel the pain deep inside of us. So it's not like simple pity on people. It is more than just, I'll be there with you. I will suffer with you. I feel the pain of you. So that is the humility. So when we, church, do not have affection and sympathy, if we don't have the humility of Christ, then we do not have the fundamental joy of Christian. Without joy, we cannot serve. Without joy, we cannot worship. Without joy, we can sustain, prevail over these challenges one after another, isn't it? So basically, the joy comes from living for others. Humility means living for others. So technically, Paul says, consider other people better than myself. Always that attitude, consider other people better than me. Apostle Paul said, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. But the irony is, in Roman society, in ancient Roman society, the honor was the highest value. The honor coming from being powerful, being victorious, successful. That's the highest value. But the humility was... The opposite, actually. Humility was expected from the weak and poor, especially the slave, the ruled class. That's humility. So, but Paul is talking to the Roman people in Philippi. So it doesn't work. How come you expect us to live with the humility It's like a loser. For the Roman people, being humble means you're being a loser. I think it's about the same today. People want being successful. The value of successful and powerful, rich, capable. Nobody wants to be vulnerable. Nobody wants to be in need of help. Right? 
Everybody wants to be being able. But Paul emphasizing church to have this humility because the humility of Christ. Christ conquered the empire, the whole world with his humility. Isn't it? When Caesar of Rome was exalted by the world, killing people, oppressing people by, with his power, his army. But Jesus was exalted by God by saving people by his sacrifice. His humility was death, and falsely accused, tortured, and die for the people. Who doesn't really care? But we know Jesus Christ defeated the power of sin, the power of evil, even for today. So we became the glory of God. So Apostle Paul said, have this mind, humility, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. It is interesting, have this humility, not in us, but among yourself, between you. What does that mean, between you? You have the humility between you. It means the humility has to be in the relationships between Christians. It is something we develop with something that we possess together in the relationship. Humility is not just, just possessing in me. I'm, I'm humble. Not individual, but as a community, as a group. Why? Why is that? Because church is a community, not individual. When the Christ is the principal agent and rules us and leads us, Christ wants to work with us together, you and I, not just DJ. Christ calls us together because the church is the kingdom of God manifested here and now. The church is the kingdom of God. It is nation. Not individual. One day, Pharisee asked Jesus when the kingdom of God would come. So they asked the time and location of the kingdom of God. 
But Jesus answered, The kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed. Nor will they say, Look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Again, in the midst of you, among yourselves. Kingdom of God is between you and me, between people. Because the kingdom of God is a church. So kingdom of God is not existing in a certain time, in a certain location, but in the relationship of Christians who let Christ be the main, princip- main principal agent of their life together. Martin Buber, he's a philosopher of the 20th century, he said, the absolute condition of the existence of I is existence of you. Without you, I cannot be I, right? I'm being I means there's a you. And we are eternal I because eternal thou, you, God. Maybe I I mentioned this before. If I go to um, Wawa after this service, in Wawa, mean nothing, nobody, just a customer. But in church, not because I'm wearing this like beautiful suit, but I am somebody, DJ. Most of you know me. I'm special here. But if I go to Wawa or Walmart, I'm nobody. I just nobody knows my name. Right? You know what I'm saying? So we are fully, eternally defined in eternal Tao. But a lot of people, they try to define themselves with I and it. My car, my house, my job, my income, my family, they're all it. We need to find you, other people, and eternal Tao, eternal you, God. So also, existence of the kingdom of God is between you and me in that relationship. That's how important building relationship between Christians. So, are you being you for some I out there? Can someone be I because of you? So the mission of Jesus came to us and died. The mission of Jesus was becoming eternal thou for I, us, for us. Again, 
Jesus came and died to restore the broken relationship with God, our eternal Tao, and I. By the Adam in Genesis, original sin we call. So Jesus came and restored that relationship. I being I and God being eternal Tao. And God chose Sir Virgin. God became man. Man became eternal glory. God is holy, but he took our sin. God is almighty, but God died on the cross. So we live, so God served it. So Paul said, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man. So this is a radical contrast. The physical God of heaven became a man, Jesus, a man from Nazareth. The holy and mighty God became a limited, vulnerable, broken man just like us. So we become, so we became holy and eternal glory to God. It was our desire. Man's desire was always want to be God, want to be the Lord of our life. Right? But original desire of man was yearning for God, not becoming God. But man failed. As you remember in Genesis, man wanted to be God, so serpent tempted, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So even after the man, the human race, kicked out of the garden, we had always been trying to be God, to be in control. So it was beginning of a history, the history of an endless competition. In other words, war, killing each other. So Christ Jesus severed himself from eternal glory to death on the cross, so we became the glory of God, the infinity. And Paul Summarize it as kenosis, empty himself. God emptied God's self. What does it mean, empty yourself? Empty yourself. Technically, empty yourself. Empty your plan, empty your knowledge, empty your thoughts, your desire, your will. So God entrusted his will, his being, his faith, everything to the people. For Jesus to the high priest, Pontius Pilate, and those crowd, those soldiers, right? Jesus summit himself. He summit his will to them. That's empty himself. We call kenosis. So kenosis is a key character of a church. 
church without being empty themselves, we cannot be church. Even still, Jesus requires us to empty ourselves. Just to the world? No, to God. Our will, our plan, our desire, whatever, whatsoever that is, we empty ourselves to God. Entrust ourselves to God, to the faith of God. And kenosis of Jesus was death on the cross. And even we don't have to die. We're not going to die on the cross. But kenosis is very difficult. And Paul says it was because of his obedience. Paul said, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Right. Then what's obedience? Obedience. You are obedient. Obedience came from two Latin words. Op, ob, op, is a preposition to, and audire is listen. So listen to, listen to God is obedient to God. Pay attention to somebody, that's obedient. Listening, listening. Listening, listen and forget. Listen and you don't care. No, you listen. Are you willing to do what you listen? So we must be listener. We must pay attention to God. And God speaks to us through the people. The groaning of the people. The cry out of the people. So the needs of our community, needs of the people around you, that what we have to listen, pay attention to. In this you know, society, a lot of people speaking. They're, they're speaking. They're crying out for help without sound. Not verbally, because maybe they are confined in their prison. So we have to really get closer to them. So we have to earn the trust with those people. So they are able to open themselves as they speak to us. And you can sense their broken spirit, what they're talking. We have to listen to them. Right, we have many counselors out there, but we know it's not enough. We have to listen to the people and being there and being needed. So first church, the saints of Ephrata. So where are we going? Where are we heading? We are facing a lot of obstacles, a lot of challenges ahead of us. But where are we going? Going up or down? Many Christians, many churches try to go up more members, more people, more building, right? Even for themselves, for better and more, 
and longer and, you know, right? Who wants to be less and going down, worse? But we learn our direction must be descending. Jesus taught us to descend, not ascend. So Jesus went down from heaven all the way down to Calvary. Down and down and down. But Jesus was glorified at the most lowly place, humble place on the cross. So Paul said, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. They call Caesar Lord, but Christians call Jesus Lord. Jesus is our King, even on earth, because to the glory of God the Father. So friends, We have to be intentional in our daily life. Every aspect of our life, we must go down. So let us go descend with Christ's humility. Where the people's needs are, where we can listen to the voice of God, where God's preferred concern Special care for those people. Then God will ascend us to heaven, to glory of God. 